And you've got extensions in. Like the man, fake abs. The man, the man that made you be a better father. You ain't got nothing to say oh. to him. <laughs> Welcome to another Black in a Box. The world is told by black faces in white spaces. <laughs> Energy in the camp is high. How are we? Sugar rush. Oh, tight skittles. Percy pigs. And Percy pigs yeah. holding us down. You may see, watching this, some water in the lens. You're its first black-owned bottled water, right there. Noya water. Wait, we're not. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not doing this. We'll fuzz it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just delicious. <laughs> just delicious water. I actually think that is tap water because it's <laughs> upped it. Now it's just Thames water. So, you know. It doesn't look brown. Is that? You can't keep refilling is this, it. Is this seriously what I've done? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What's it called? Well, you said <laughs> we're not doing this. No, so. I said we're not doing that to the Skittles. Oh, we right. get paid oh, for this. Right. Okay, that's called Neue. Neue. New. It's German, isn't it? Oh. German for new. I love it. New water. So, so a German word. With some well, he wanted to call it new. <laughs> well, because <laughs> why, why are we pulling the product together? Yeah. No, I love it. I love Imagine it. Imagine that the, this 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 black man that tries to trailblaze, and immediately look who starts pulling it apart. Look who starts trying to tear him down. Who? What is it that they say? It'd be, it'd be one of your own. <laughs> it'd be your own man. It'd be your own. Exactly. That yeah. looks good. It looks good. Yeah. I like I like yeah. the idea that it's kind of you know, designed for people to be able to put it into their bags. That's yeah. really a good idea. Or your top pocket. Mm-hmm. Or your top pocket. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there it is. Delicious. <laughs> Should we do an on-recording taste test? I ain't about to do that. that okay. but <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. Topic one, not the easiest to talk about. And we've been looking for entry points to these to this topic and i think it's really pertinent this uh this particular topic how difficult it is to have conversations where you are aware that having the wrong viewpoint having a viewpoint that isn't deemed as being appropriately respectful or deferential or cognizant to the plight of one party when you are trying to show sympathy or trying to show empathy or some understanding of the plight of another party. This is obviously with reference to the current conflict going on in Palestine and in Israel with with Israel and Hamas. It's equally a conversation which could be applied to multiple other situations across the world. Really, it just it's just where there is atrocities and de and, and parties deemed as good and or bad. It's very difficult nowadays, particularly with the polarized nature of 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 media, of conversation, of public discourse. Everything's got to be awful, great. There's got to be a villain and a hero. And has it left us ill-equipped to discuss with empathy and with nuance and actually? move some of these sort of conversations to a society which actually wants 
things and can move things to being better? I was um, <clears throat> I was invited to uh, speak on the news of the day last week on Trisha's show, and the whole show pretty much was um, on the Israel Palestine topic, and. I remember feeling incredibly nervous. Not because I thought I was gonna say anything wild, but because I realized that the wrong verb at the wrong time or you know, the, the wrong word in the wrong place and it can be career ending. There, there, it's, I think it's, this is a topic where people are losing their jobs. Um, uh, the, there was a, a tube driver um, who, but that uh, Nick was on on the train with, um, who said, "Oh, I can't be there today. I hope everybody stays safe." And then he said, "Free, free." And um, a number of members of the people on the tube said, "Palestine." He has been uh, suspended. Um, the uh, Michael Eisen, um, a Jewish man, uh, has been replaced as editor in chief of um, Life magazine for retweeting um, an Onion piece. Uh, and he said that the onion speaks with more courage, insight, and moral clarity than the leaders of every academic institution put together. I wish there were an onion university. And the thing that he was uh, tweeting was dying Gazans criticized for not using last words to condemn Hamas. So I think it's important to say that is the backdrop behind the nervousness. It's, it's gonna sound quite weird, but it's the first time I've understood how a lot of uh, non-black people in the UK felt in 2020 exactly because that. it's like i've i've got views i don't even know if i'm allowed to have these views um and i'm terrified of saying what is perceived to be the wrong thing even though i think most people would agree that this is not a binary right wrong situation I, what, what are your thoughts on it don I, there's something that you said there that really struck a chord with me in that this is a topic that people are losing their jobs over and another thing around using the incorrect verb in the wrong place, etc., is the understanding of the power of language. And this is the part that I've had lots of conversations <coughs> with various people about. You could have a really sound, informed, well-rounded opinion on something. And if you choose the wrong word, it's not just that you might cause damage to your own, your own reputation and end up losing your job, losing out on endorsements or whatever. It's more the fact that now tensions are so heightened. People are so angry, rightfully. People are getting hurt. People are getting killed. And I'm not just talking about in the Middle East right now, mm -hmm. just the hate crimes that we're seeing going through the roof. It's so scary. And I think with social media, a lot of us now, rightly or wrongly, if you're fairly articulate, if you, are, if you appear to be well-read, people within your group might take you as an authority on certain things. That's when language becomes so important. And that's the piece that I'm, I think, really trying to hone in on. That, yes, we can have these opinions, just make sure you can articulate it correctly. Because if you take me as an authority on something, and I use the wrong word, I could actually be implicitly giving you license to have an opinion which I really don't agree on and go out and act on things in a certain way, which is not in keeping with what I actually think. So it is just that I can't, I don't think I can really affect too much or really have a right to have too much of an opinion on this beyond 
the opinion that I've expressed on my own social media, I think it's pretty clear. I'm a humanist. I don't think there's any number of lives that are lost which are justified. Um, but at the end of the day, I just personally, I'm just very, very cognizant of the importance of the language that I use and those around me use on these things. Yeah. For me, I mean, I'm I'm the same in terms of my ideology. Like, I definitely feel like I will always go for the option that reduces harm the most, um, regardless of sort of how the politics play in it. Like, I do want to reduce cruelty and harm the most and exploitation and all of that. And I also, you know, Angela, how many times have we talked about walking and chewing gum? Like, we should be able to hold two things as true and valid at the same time. But but we also have to be honest and go kind of, you don't have to have the same care of language when talking about Palestine and Hamas and Palestinian people in Gaza mm -hmm. and West Bank as you do when it anything to do with the topic of Israel comes about. And that's mm -hmm. where I think, I think that people, I'll, I'll speak for myself, I get really, really uncomfortable because I feel like, and I said this to you earlier, I feel like this is a really simple test that a lot of people are failing. Um, I've never before in human history, uh, from what I've researched, seen peace gained through bombing. I've, j I've just never seen it. I've never seen peace gained through uh, consistently denying the rights of people or bombing party goers at a, at a music festival or having thousands of um, people in prisons without cause. And for those of you that don't follow this conflict, some of those things are things that uh, Israel is perpetrating in Gaza and West Bank. And for those of you that aren't listening, that, those are some of the things that Hamas are doing or have done um, in Israel. And I think it's important that I say it because when I say those things and we don't say attribute a side to it, I think people have one reaction. Mm. But then if you go, right, this is Hamas or this is Israel, then people start going to their sides. And I think the most dangerous thing I have seen is the, going back to language, is the language of dehumanization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, we know, we uh, terrorist is such a loaded word. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I will just point out, I will just point out that Nelson Mandela was called a terrorist. But terrorist. And by the, defini by the yeah. definition, first of all, it's, it's such a, yeah, I think you're gonna say what I was gonna say. <laughs> but but, but it, it doesn't have a definition. It doesn't have a set definition. You know, that, that old canard, one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't understand how if, if we agree that we are, that a lot of people are humanists and we want peace, I don't understand how the actions taken um, can ever lead us to that. And, 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 and I'm scared even to say that. I don't think I've said anything controversial, but I'm still scared that someone's going to say, you're being Islamophobic or you're being, or more, more, more likely you're being anti-Semitic. And I'm like, please explain to me how. Yeah. For me, I, f I, I see the only coherent position unless you are a, a military sort of decision maker on on either side either Hamas or in Israel that like as you say bombing and guns are not going to solve this and it, it's really difficult because we end up we're tying ourselves in knots trying to use language because the loss of life is so senseless 
that when you see, when you have someone, like when you you see these things unfold and you're not necessarily sure whether what you're seeing is true or you hear like a, a, a school's been flattened and you're like, oh, this is like a hospital's been flattened. It, it's an abhorrent thing. And now you end up in a situation where there are, there are, people on 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 in Hamas and people in Israel knowing that and utilizing that propaganda to make people feel certain things now this is why i think the like if 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 you are aware of that that like so say the only the only coherent position is to say like this has this has got to stop any kind of violence has to stop otherwise it's 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 only it it basically gives license to weaponize that that sort of violence that loss of life to turn people against one of the sides or mm-hmm. to to justify the further loss of life sorry yeah. the one the one thing i will add in again i'm going to try and be as careful as i can but we talk about both sides <coughs> this it's it's simply not a both sides situation in the same way that it didn't start on october the 7th um as with so many things if you really want to find the villain in this story, it's Britain. <laughs> it's always fucking and Britain. France. But but it's mostly Britain. Mostly Britain. But it's Britain mostly mostly Britain. Um, you and those of you that don't know the history, go and find it out. I'm there's not. A, there's a book called Destiny Disrupted, which is it's basically a, a history of the world through Islamic eyes, and it centres uh, sort of Islam and the cradle of Islam as for the unfolding of the rest of history, and and you get a blow by blow through the generations of this, which. We'll, we'll bring you up to speed. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and the reason I kind of wanted to say that you can't say it's both sides because one of the arguments I have found most annoying is this idea that this started on October the 7th. It, like, I'm an old man now and when I was a young man at the turn of the century, this was still the number one issue yeah. Uh, yeah. globally. I remember reading Michael Moore's third book dude where's my country and he was saying in that book i think in 2003 that one thing that the u.s government needed to do was understand why people from every part of the globe were so concerned with this tiny little land strip in the middle east and why it was so polarizing and i think it's polarizing because when you've got the un and international bodies and scholars in universities in Israel saying that um, Gaza is an open air prison. That is an emotive language. When you've got, again, international bodies using the language of apartheid, that is a really strong position. When you've got Israel accusing the BBC of blood libel for saying that uh, in the early reports when the Al-Ali hospital was bombed, that it was most likely that it came from Israel and they're being accused of blood libel. And when you realize that the current Israeli government is like the Trump government on steroids yeah. in terms of their political positioning, and so you're not getting good faith actors, I completely agree with you, Dan, that you know the only sensible position is uh, a cessation of violence and a discussion, and then whatever comes out of that discussion that we then work like hell to maintain the peace that comes out of it but we've had this conversation on so many quote unquote quote unquote black topics and why there are some people that we won't debate is that it requires good faith on both sides to have those discussions and i think 
it is fair to say that there is not good faith happening on both sides. Yeah, I think that's why for me it's so difficult to talk about this, even though I have my opinions and I have my stances, but I am by no means an expert. I know some of the history. I've I've been to Israel, haven't been to Palestine. I have like a little bit of firsthand then experience of observing certain things, talking to different people. Um, but even still, I I I'm not an expert and I want to learn. But then when you look at certain news outlets that are supposed to be credible, that are um, good journalists, that are normally good sources, but there's definitely a bias there, I, then I don't know where to turn. I don't know who to believe. And then I don't even know, you know, it doesn't matter. Or is it just comes down to there just needs to be a ceasefire and there needs to be as minimal, like we need to minimize the damage and the violence as much as possible and let the people who are in the mix politically. This, where are the free, where, where's the like, free speech brigade? That's, if we the, want to move the, it along. The tough thing here though is like what you just said there about, I don't know what kind of like, what what is credible in terms of the journalism that we're seeing here. Yeah. This is a real issue that society needs to figure out. Yeah, it's not even and, just and with I, this. It's, it's not just with this at all, but it is being really quite shocking. And I, not much shocks me anymore, but some of the coverage I've seen on this is has been shocking and really, really scary how conjecture is just being presented as fact, but then at the end they'll say, oh, this hasn't been verified yet. And but the people have already yeah. made their opinions now. The race yeah. for pace. It's yeah. fucking disgusting. But it's all, like, come on, we've talked about this a million times. It's the news nowadays, the way that it's monetized is you need those clicks. No, I, I, so, I, get, so, that. But, I get that, but there, there comes a point, doesn't there, where it's like you're playing with people's lives to a ridiculous extent I, here. I, I'd agree, but where, like, What's the international body that that? No, no, I, I understand. I understand that, and it probably it's far too big a conversation for right now. It comes right down to the the fundamental basics of education and how you teach people to think critically mm. when they've got a thousand more sources than it. we all were raised around. Like it's it's not only impossible. I don't see a solution, but I'm really I'm I'm terrified by this. I, because I, I, if if someone sees that news report and then you have the guy in America that goes and stabs up a, a Palestinian a six year old child. a six year old yeah. child, that the immediacy of the violence that comes off the back of this propaganda and unreliable unreliable reporting is just it's terrifying. Yeah. It's absolutely terrifying. I think there's a difference between unreliable and deliberately skewed. And yeah, no, 100%. But, but I think, like, if we could, I've, I've said this before, we could all pull out our phones now and scroll through Twitter or scroll through Instagram or scroll through TikTok and we would see completely different things, maybe even about the same topics, but see completely different things. And this compartmentalization um, and also this sense that for so many people on the planet, things aren't going the way that they would want them to go and so people are seeking things that they can become like attached to is leading to this mm. um and yeah i i would love there to be peace i would love for the sort of northern ireland model to be not that as, as a model but the, the the idea that something that seemed completely intractable could uh, end in peace um it's really interesting that you actually mentioned that and this just goes to uh, how truth is not objective because I have some Irish friends live with an Irish roommate, shout out, um, and uh, follow Emma Dabbery. Mm -hmm. 
And I saw a post from her recently on Instagram that was saying that she, you know, she lives here in the UK, I think, but then she was back home in Ireland. And she was like, the coverage of what's happening in Israel and with Hamas in England, totally different than in Ireland. Ireland, who have had a long, very recent history with the UK of oppression and colonization. And so probably have a little bit more empathy um, with those who are who have been oppressed or under certain oppressive regimes around the world. And so I think that's very interesting, but again, points to the like, we're all getting different bits of information and it's all so emotional that it's really hard to, it, it's so quick to, uh, or so easy to jump to a conclusion or to have a sort of response in these, conver uh, in these issues and then to want to have a conversation about it. And then if somebody has an opposing viewpoint, they're just as impassioned as you. But the thing is, you know, in Ireland, they're getting their information from uh, air quotes, you know, reliable news source. And then we here in the UK would also feel like we're getting it from a reliable news source. So it's like, how do you? I feel like they know their <laughs> history a bit better in Ireland, though. And it doesn't serve the likes of the UK or the US and other nations similar to that for the masses to know their history. Well, I mean, yeah, like. British people in this country have no idea why so many countries absolutely not violently despise them. Like we we each have a small body of water that crosses us to Ireland, and I didn't learn anything about Irish history until I left the education system. Likewise, um, I will I will just kind of finish in terms of things I've got to say on this. I really hate how bad faith actors weaponize Jewish identity. That is one of the things when I've been looking at all of these stories that have been coming through, and I'm like. I can have a little bit of understanding of, of that when you kind of kind of be like, the, the Tories will be like, look, you, black people must love us because we've got quasi cotting. Um, and and it's, you're basically a racist if you kind of have an issue with quasi quarting. Or when people will come up to me and be like, well, you must like that quasi quarting. <laughs> Who's ever said that yeah. to you? It's Where been you said. It has been, I promise you, you it's been said. Um, and it's that thing of like, Donald Trump coming out in support of, Jewish people and Israel. And I'm like, get in the bin. As I said, on, as I said on, in Trisha, I was like, when white supremacists were marching with tiki torches through America, shouting, Jews will not replace us, he said there are fine people on both sides. <laughs> but all of a sudden, when it's politically expedient, it's now I stand with Jewish people in Israel. The weaponization of, of an identity that is not yours is is so dangerous because there's death at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you do not need to be a historian to look at the last sort of 2000 years for Jewish people and go, do you know what? When people start playing with Jewish people's identity, death is at the end of yeah, it. And a lot of it as well. It's so much of it. Like every time I'd be, I remember kind of studying like my masters and I'd be looking at like, oh, I need to look at 15th century England. And it would be like, what do you mean there was like <laughs> the annihilation of a, of a group of, Jewish, tra Jewish traders in mm -hmm. 1492, mm -hmm. the, the Lombard uprising. What? Like, I've never heard about that. Mm -hmm. I thought 1492 was like Columbus sailed the ocean. Like, but no, any, every single part of history I look at. And so when people are like, when you've got people, as I said, like Donald Trump being like, you know, I stand. For, for what? For what do you stand? Mm -hmm. Don't play with people's identities because especially a people that have suffered as much loss as that for political purposes. That's fucked up. And especially just assuming that, you know, to be Israeli is to be Jewish, to be Jewish is to be 
aligned with Israel. It's not. Exactly. As somebody who is... How, how popular is the Netanyahu government right now? I was about now? to say this. So this is... <laughs> with Israelis. When you were talking about both sides, it's it's a bit of a... It's a misnomer, right? So mm. it's, it's both sides. The Palestinians, I'm sure, would be more than happy to get on with their lives without Hamas. <laughs> I think they'd fucking love it. <laughs> and similarly, Netanyahu, like the number of corruption charges that person's faced. The protests that that this year, right? Out of there yeah. for a long, long time. As you said, this is not the first year that, uh, uh, the first year, the first attacks, the first measures. And the one consistent is, 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 is Bibi Netanyahu, as, as, as people call him, Benjamin Netanyahu. Like you went back to Yasser Arafat's time. Like this is this is how long this guy's been there. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, you look around the world. When someone's around that long, they're not making things better for you. No, no, <laughs> so no. So to say both sides, it's 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 definitely it's, accurate, it's a despot clinging on to power. Yeah. Who you know it's who you know sees a way through might um, as 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 to to shore up you know. His, his image. He's got, who else? Who he's, else? Got the, he's got the Trump. Th- he's got the Trump thing of Ooh. like, I need to stay in power because the second that I'm not, they're gonna throw my ass in jail. Oh yeah, yeah, he's gone. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Like I complete. Yeah, I do agree with that. But I will just say with um, Hamas as well, in the same way that ISIS didn't come out of nowhere, there was a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Mm. There, there have been people in Palestine that have been f- fighting non-violently for peace. And people forget that 30 years ago, there was a roadmap and one of the architects of that was assassinated. And, oh, sorry, and that when there was an agreement, uh, Israel stepped up the number of annexations because they, it's it's, it's a poker thing, isn't it? It's like, if I've got all the chips and you've all got one chip each, I'm just gonna go all in each hand. Mm. Because you can't afford to get into a war with me. Because if I if I lose one chip to to all of you, that's fine. I've still got all the chips, mm-hmm. um, and I just yeah, uh, you you're right with 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 Netanyahu. Is Israelis in the same way that I would hate for people abroad to be like, oh, you must love that Rishi Sunak. He must be very yeah. conservative. I, we should not tar people with the political choices um, of their governments. To round it up, difficult conversations. Yeah. What's your advice to people? You need to have them. For me, I could just say what I've been doing and it's just coming back to my core values. Um, I know what I believe in as a person, what I believe is right, what I believe is wrong. I think that I am more than capable of holding space for the both ands rather than the either ors and everything being black and white. Um, So I just think for having those difficult conversations, it comes down to really what do you believe is right and um standing in that and being open to to conversations and also not having conversations with a brick wall you know if somebody is not open to it into having a productive conversation then what's the point you know words are powerful that's all i'd say check that the person that wants to have discussion wants to have it in good faith first because if not you're just going to waste a lot of emotional energy mm-hmm don't let I don't know be the end of the conversation. See what you can do off your own back to 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 rectify to rectify that for yourself and then, you know, do what you can, pass it on, have the conversation another time. Who better for you than the boy? <laughs> 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 Question. Oh.
Aubrey, Drake, Graham oh once God. asked. And what are we now? 20 years later, <laughs> we've not been able to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Still here. 50 tracks later. Get him out, get him out of here. You know? I, we've, we've grown old, Jello. We've grown old. And he's still the boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he thinks. The Peter Pan of, uh, of rap. <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, I mean, we, we talk music a lot and it's, it's, a, it's a big part of, of who, who each of us are. I'm myself, big Kendrick fan, and you've seen the career arc that that man's gone on. <sighs> I was really hoping we could go through this without saying Kendrick's name. It's, I, I'm I just feel like they don't, no, they don't need to be put together no, but anymore. I'm not putting them together. I'm using this as a contrast in, in someone who has... Grown up? Half, well, it's not about growing up. It's just the half-life. <laughs> Tried of, to grow up, at least, though. He's it's, trying. It's the half-life of, of his musical career and his ability to find that, you know, to mine the same material has gone on. Like, J. Cole is an interesting one because, you know, at the beginning, he's talking about... Um, I think he's talking about like cheesing in his own pants. <laughs> talking about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about being a teenager. <laughs> there were so many different ways that you could have said that sentence. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's not talking, wrong, though. He's not talking wrong. about, as a teenager, you know, doing <laughs> stuff that teenagers do in his own pants. And <laughs> Please. That was what he was making songs, or songs about that. And then albums later, he's grown up, and now he's the elder statesman, and he's getting after it. And he's on this Drake album, which is the interesting thing. As 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 an artist and a musician, we speak about these artists. They they grow up. Their their content gets old. Um, Jay Z's doing real estate scams. <laughs> you know, is that DJ Envy? It is DJ Envy. I'm actually sick of listening to Jay Z rap nowadays. To be fair, anyway. Yeah. Uh, I I don't want this to be a conversation about rap, um, as as Dom will kind of point out. Drake is not rapping for us, and that's that's absolutely fine. Um, but if you listen to the latest album and start the film up at the same time, up will finish before the end of the album. That's what. I'm gonna <laughs> <say>. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you listen to this yeah. album, there has been a real shift towards this there's been hip-hop has always been misogynistic but i always felt even though i was never a fan of drake that there was this sense that he was more sensitive and you know he was kind of the rapper that that women could like because you know he would sing as well and there was this uh, uh, allusion to to feelings that is so often um missing in rap and then you listen to to this album and you hear the way that he is talking about how some women need to be controlled and he's micromanaged his, micromanaged mic <laughs> <laughs> and his, his, his massive his massive <laughs> increase of of the be derogatory word for for women and you you go hold on a second he's followed a similar career a similar path not just to kind of <laughs> it, it's this it's this right wing shift it's jordan peterson it's kevin samuels it's russell brand and and what i wanted to get to is 
why this grift? And and my opening provocation is that, as I said in the in the in the group chat, is it's not enough. I think for people that have a platform like us to go, well, Drake lives over there and we live over here, and you know, go off and do your thing, and we'll go off and do our thing. And the reason it's not enough is because he's he's like the Quentin Tarantino of rap. What I mean by that is Quentin Tarantino could take a dump with a high definition camera. And people would be like, well, I think what he's trying to do here is deconstruct the very idea of art. Like, they will give it a chance. And more importantly, young people clearly are listening. <laughs> he, he do love to say, he do, yeah. he do love to drop the end, mom, don't he? He will cast himself in a five-word role as long as three of them can be. <laughs> I'll be the only white person to say it too. Um, <laughs> but but my point. But Samuel L. Jackson stands there and smiles. <laughs> Do you think he loves that more or feet? Oh, you ain't ever seen black feet. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about Jamaican football? <laughs> <laughs> so all, all I was gonna all I was gonna say is though, and what I want to kind of why are so many men who start off with this kind of they have a period in their life where it's like being sensitive, being for everybody, not just men. Why Why have they all gone to this grift? Uh, and what can be done about it? Dan. So I, I don't, I personally think it is a, I think it is a reach to apply this to him as a as a means of of actually capturing the audience. Or no, sorry, that's the, that's the exact opposite of what I think. I think that with him, as an artist, the reason why he's stayed at the top so long is he sustains the mood of the time. Yeah. He whatever the mood that's of the time when upsetting. he came, when he it came is. through, that was the vibe that he was coming that he was coming through so Back so far gone. And then he went through to um, what he was doing with like the weekend, and you know, and all that. And all his music throughout ta- throughout his career has very much he's captured the zeitgeist, and like you know, is sort of vampiric sucking up of the energy of of the moment is is what makes it um, so hot, but of late so forgettable. That's why he has to pump out so many tracks on these things because I've mentioned the Half Life before, like. They're, they they just it's they lasting less and less time now. I've, before you know they all get onto the number one because everybody wants to hear it. The noise around this one, is, I've found it to be minimal. Yeah, yeah, because it's trash, and I don't. Well, if it is true what you're saying that this is an album that is basically supposed to be reflective of the pulse of what's happening in the culture, a that's really upsetting. But B, I don't even know if that's true because I was talking to Angela and I was like, it wasn't that long ago that Drake gave us Nice For What, which was like the bad bitch anthem <laughs> of the summer. And you've got like drag trans people, drag queens on there. Like it was much more celebratory, which was not really what was happening at the time in music. And I just don't know how we go from nice for what you're a real one and your affection you know don't need no follows don't need like bigging up a bad bitch and then 
a couple albums later, it just feels so personal because a couple albums later, he's like, yeah, fuck all that, basically. None of it's true. Like, the, the, the guy, like, they're just, they're, they, may or may, they may not be people writing for it. it it's, it's a mistake to think that this is ever what someone is feeling at the moment. You cannot make that many songs on that frequent a basis and believe in these things because be, you would think, like, he'd have had more thoughts than any human on, on that's ever what this earth. Or it's just like a diary. It's just like he basically went into the studio, recorded his innermost thoughts on any given day, and then was like, yeah, I'll put all these on the album. <laughs> it, well, I've got a bridge to sell you. Like, I feel like he's, <laughs> it's not necessarily reflective of the moment, but that is, I feel like he's, he's, what his strength is, is he's always very, very, very tuned into what's going on online. And but, you see yeah. all those like. Um, the question still remains then, why are they, why are so <laughs> many men who have got huge platforms going for the same grift, which is the disaffected male grift. And that this is this is that album. And I think it depends on who he's tapped into, because for me, I have found women in hip hop and queer people in hip hop, but if we're just talking about the mainstream, women in hip hop to be a very strong energy at the moment and a very strong audience at the moment, the people who listen to them, your Megans, your Sweeties. What do you mean by strong audience? Meaning like people who have, uh, um, who are listening, like streaming, um, like audiences that you would want to cater to. I think there is a very strong audience for the Megan The Stallions, the Lottos, like the big mainstream female artists who are kind of the total antithesis to this album that Drake's just put out. And so if he's so tapped into what's going on online, which is like the IG baddies and all of that, then like, which clearly he was at one point because he's written songs about him. Is that the answer then? But that could be the root of the answer. Well, because if you want to, if you've got this generation of young men who are so angry, so pained, by rejection or so pained by lack of attention and all they're seeing is these women celebrating life yeah being their best selves on social media then let's tap into them yeah because so i guess if, them, yeah so if he's angry. chosen to like you know be the anthem for but, those people then i guess that could be a reason but i definitely see the 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 contrast between those two yeah um and I've seen it for the last couple of years. Like it definitely seems like as there's been more of an increase in mainstream female rappers who are like, I've got my own money, I've got my own bag. Yeah. I'm bad all by myself. Um yeah, there's definitely like the fragile male hip hop artist who's pushing back on that for sure. I mean, you saw it with the Megan the Stallions and Tory Lanes, like the people who have taken sides there, Drake being one of those people well, who sided with Tory Lanez. Yeah, and that's, I feel like you've kind of answered your own question there. If it, He picked his side then, so he, he's not gonna then pivot because he's, he's still plowing that furrow. I would fully expect him in an album later to be like, oh, it's celebratory again. Probably. And get the, get the pop singers on, get, get that on, get whoever on, because he's still the biggest artist and he can do that. Um, I think, To, to what you are saying, he is taking advantage of this. Yeah. And mm. whereas the others <coughs> are fueling it, I feel. 
that feels unsatisfactory. Like, obviously, Joe Rogan's got the biggest podcast in the world. He he kind of take, has on everybody and then goes, oh, that's really interesting what you're saying. As opposed, So he can never be kind of accused of uh, taking a position. Obviously, Russell Brand did the kind of spiritualist thing. Um, but then, obviously, his history is coming back to him. And it's really interesting. No matter how many times I block him, he keeps turning up on my Twitter. So eventually, I was like, let me just see. You would you would imagine that he lives in a world where there's been no accusations. He's just c- carried on plowing his throne. and he has his followers. Jordan Peterson, um, exactly the same. Obviously, Kevin Samuels. Um, sorry, I shouldn't have put a laugh on the top. <laughs> We're bad people. But he had his followers as well. And it's I wonder if I wonder if it's a case that and and please feel free to come back on me on this, anybody, but I think that masculinity is in crisis, essentially. That there's a lot, and there's a lot of men that would agree with this. But two things that are really difficult A, being told you're wrong, and especially when you know you're wrong, and B, not feeling that you, you're going to be given the benefit of the doubt for trying to change. And I think that what people like Drake has done on this album and those other aforementioned men are doing is going, you're not wrong. It's these. It's these women. The that, world is wrong. The world. Not only. No, but no. But the women in the yeah. world are wrong. I. Th- I think that might be what is happening. And if, if that is what's happening, what do we do? Because obviously, I'm an edu- One of my hats. One of my jobs, is is as an educator. And and I see it. I see it. Um, there's this. Everybody talks about one. In, we talked about this earlier. Everybody talks about one in a bad bitch until you got a bad bitch. And now you're being challenged and pushed and it's like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need to control you. And it's like, well, hold on a second. A powerful person isn't threatened by another powerful person. Exactly, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I didn't, I really didn't want to talk about Drake as an artist because we've been, sa- we've been saying that Drake ain't for us. But this one, it really kind of got my, got my attention because of some of the lyrics and this yeah. slide towards this Women ain't shit narrative. What is that that famous Jamaican saying? Dopping or hoofy frightened. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's a very important message in that. Weak people pick on people they perceive to be weaker than themselves. And unfortunately for ain't shit men, that's usually women. Imagine imagine taking shots at in, in the last year and a half, taking big shots at Megan the Stallion, taking shots at Rihanna, Serena. taking shots at Serena, taking shots at Esperanza. <laughs> But you ain't got much to say about Pusha T. And you've got extensions in. Like the man <laughs> fake abs. The man the man that made you be a better father, you ain't got nothing to say <laughs> to him. <laughs> it's, I just, I well, just, yeah. It's it, and it is ultimately it is an educational thing because Calf what's what's <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. Sorry. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever the doctor was that botched his lipo. <laughs> Shame on you. Um, but he's it is it's an education thing, and it's got to start with the, the the men and the boys around you. Because the reason why he takes shots at all those people scorned. Yeah. But that's what I think. This is what I was saying earlier. This is what makes Drake so attractive to those guys. Drake is 
the very vision of success for these guys. Every video, he's got 17 watches. He's popping bottles at the club. There was a guy who, at his last show that um, kind of made a post saying that his girlfriend had left. dumped oh, him. Oh, God. So he, Drake said mm -hmm. he was going to give him 50,000 so he could stunt on that B and then got the whole crowd to say F that B. But Drake, there is no one that has been more publicly... Um, uh, separated from women or been more publicly rejected by women than Drake. And the thing is, is Drake's always, like in his early stuff was like, yeah, I want to be a family guy and want to sell down, da, da, da. And Nicki Minaj was like, no, thank you. And then went and got married. Um, Rihanna was like, no, thank you. Then went and got married and had two kids. And and so they see this public rejection. And, and at first, you know, he was quite relatively mature. I didn't know about his business. And then he starts taking the shots. So it's like, again, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. And listen to the insults that he makes about Rihanna. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean. It's so, it's juvenile. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, and you see he's not picked on any of the, the male rappers that have given him shit, right? Push, push, <laughs> push your teeth, back that down. <laughs> Ultimately, I, I don't know about you, but the... It's he's kind of exposing himself now, and I think I think it's going to be Showing interesting what this, what the trajectory is, because people have seen it. He said he's going on hiatus. It's just because he's saying anything because he wants people to care. Is what I'm saying about this album lands, and then there's a splash, and then what, and then so there's no cameras, there's no lights, like people don't care anymore. So it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see if it, if it becomes not not quite Kanye like stunts, but stunts just to stay in up there in people's estimations of, of, of who, or the people that matter to him, their estimations of who he, he used to be. Well, this is what's really funny too, because when you just look at like the psychology of somebody who is has that sort of like fragile, infantile male ego, it's to backlash. And then when people are like done with you, it is to like kind of throw a tantrum or to, to go away in dramatics, to make people give you attention again. And then it, it, but it's never, maybe the problem is me. <laughs> maybe I need to go to therapy. No. Maybe I need to take accountability. No, it's, it's always like, clearly I need to go more. I need to go bigger. I need to do something different. It's like, how about you just go fucking sit somewhere with a therapist and like drink some water? Or maybe he really just doesn't care about any of this. But we just know it's not true. But that, unfortunately, that everything he's done <laughs> tells us the exact opposite. You don't know Aubrey Graham. But again, the, but, but the the way he's the 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 way the music he's made and the moves he's made around that music tells us. No, I mean I I don't actually agree with what I just said anyway. But I mean, just and the it's, the, it's the, important to think that the sorry thing for him was I think he is thinking he needs to go in and strategize, but he'd already rolled in the rollout of his son's song, <laughs> and so he hasn't been able to go away. His son's released that song. Have you not seen that? Oh. He's six year old son, and then I think oh, know, I, I intentionally I, exactly that's man. why I didn't watch well, it. Well, I don't want like, the that. guy tweeted. Like, he's like, he's like, <laughs> this guy was like, "Are we allowed to review this?" If you like, yeah, bro. If he's put, oh, if he's releasing it, God. if he's releasing it, he's shameless. He's, get, he's like, you're gonna get this review now. The, the I'm, boy, you can get I'm this not review. saying anything about the six year old. No, we need a Van Van beef. Um. Uh, <laughs> 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 
will just put the Michael Jordan meme in front of my face right now. Yeah. <laughs> Not that one, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I just... Uh, it's, I mean, that's that's ended up going to a place... Well, I've ended up going to a place with that where, you know, I, I was like, well, he's just sort of capturing the moment to take an advantage of the moment to very much being part of that moment. So he, so what you're saying then is he doesn't have belief in his own capabilities because, he, as I say, he could put out a dump and it would get it would go platinum, and so he has a platform where he could actually take on some of these, like he could. Be, I don't want to say be honest. I don't want to say be honest because I think he is being very honest. I think he is showing his whole anus on this album, <laughs> um, but it's like it's so easy to go fuck all man, and I get it. Like yeah, sure, okay, but then. That still doesn't make it safer for Alana to walk down the street at night. It still doesn't doesn't kind of stop her from earning seventy nine p in the pound that I'm going to earn. It doesn't stop all of these other injustices. And the only way that's going to change is by sticking a finger into these topics and changing the the flow. And it's and I kind of I wonder if the question I wonder if the answer is well it, you know misogyny sells. And if that is the case. If that is kind of if, if if the underpinning of that is that well capitalism does what goes where the money is, like can we try something different? Yeah, because I think if you were to have let's say you were to have somebody of a of a a moderate success male rapper who is like I'm gonna work with Megan and Lotto and these women and I'm gonna be in their corner. I have a sense that a lot of, if it was good, that a lot of, and it probably wouldn't even have to be good, but the female market uh, would back that even with dollars or pounds, whatever. Yeah. Like I do think that that is an untapped, if I'm just looking at it from a pure like capitalist standpoint, a very untapped thing. And I think about that even with like a Lil Nas X who was able to tap into a whole new market of people who didn't feel seen in this but rappers industry. Really bitch. Like, 30, and then even somebody years. like Jack Harlow, though, yeah. who but 30 years with ago, him. 30 years ago, LL Cool J was making the most bags, kind of doing these kind of rap love songs. He was called a bitch. So he was like, I need, I need to have a beef of cannabis. <laughs> like... He had to do. But some, he had that to do was some twenty years. Yeah. I think it's different now. I think it's different now. It was like way more than twenty don't. years. Before my time. I just share my whole. <laughs> near enough yeah. thirty years. <laughs> 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 not near enough. Over thirty years. Oh, Mama oh, said, "Look, yeah. yeah, it's nineteen ninety. But uh, but yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah, literally yeah. before my time. Well, I think you said at the beginning, like rap has been misogynistic since day, and you're so you're saying, I think if an artist did this, like. Who's listening to right now? 15 year olds. Well, I think it's just club goers, right? No, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. No, no, I get that, but that Drake still bangs in the whip and still plays in the club, right? Yeah, so my, my point is this idea that you, if you did start doing music with other artists, people are gonna listen to that. Yeah, they'll listen to that. They'll probably still listen to Drake too. Yeah. It's what, you, what, what it needs to happen for me is I don't think the reaction to that discourse is ever going to happen in music. It's not going to happen on wax. There's no way for artists to like to to call him out and anything happen from because it just becomes beef and it becomes a musical thing. Whereas what you're talking about is is uh, a cultural and societal 
problem. Music is never is never going to do anything with that. It's never going to solve that. The artists don't not in not now. It's not. This, that's important. This is not. Because... This is not the nineteen seventies anymore. Like this. This is not like. This isn't the day when you know. This isn't like even the public enemy times. It unfortunately it's disposable. It's lightweight, and people take their sort of cultural cues elsewhere. It's, it's, a, sh it's a shame, isn't it? Because what was it like 1992? I want to say that Queen Latifah did you and I T Y. You like, go to 1999, black on both sides. Yeah, no, I mean, whatever, but I'm, I'm talking about, like, Queen Latifah, you and ITY in particular, the message of that song is amazing, and I think, given it was 30 years ago, if it was released today, it's still going to be a great female empowerment anthem. But I just, I don't think that kind of thing carries as much weight in hip-hop without male allies. I, but yeah, that's, and I think you need a... I mean, it's almost like saying a, a role model, but not like a real role model. But I don't see, there's gotta be men out there who are like, I like a bad bitch and I don't wanna make her a housewife. I want her to be a bad bitch. And who is like, it kind of reminds me of uh, when Lil Boosie was <laughs> like, just so homophobic when nobody asked him that you're kind of like looking at him sideways, like you're dealing with something, I think on a personal level, like, yeah. you know, you need to get off the internet for a bit. And then when he went on that interview with Mike Tyson <laughs> and Mike Tyson what? was like, this is wild. This is like the most sense Mike Tyson's ever made. But he, he had a conversation with Boosie where he was like, you know, you're constantly talking about gay shit and, you know, being anti-gay and homophobic, and all it's doing is making me look at you and thinking you're closeted gay. <laughs> and I'm like, if Mike Boosie, Tyson could Boosie do wanted to say something, but he was like, but this is also Mike Tyson. If he <laughs> yeah, Mike, exactly. turn me into a permanent soupy. Exactly. But I'm like, where are now? I'm not saying you know Mike Tyson is the one we need to look to, but where are <laughs> the strong men? <laughs> but like, I'm saying, where are the strong men I, in hip hop who are comfortable in their masculinity, who have like, uh, like validated masculinity I, in the media or in the public eye and who are also like, I'm so secure in my shit that I am not triggered by a woman who is secure in her shit as well. Like who can partner I, up with other females because it doesn't have to be like shove no, it down your throat I, feminism or anything. I, I but just, I just don't think music, I, like it's not music that's gonna solve it. As the people that Jello lumped them in with are these life coaches, are these, 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 uh, essentially spiritual North stars to these men. They they get them enrolled on these bogus university courses. They have these, they, they, they write books and books and books. They're podcasting every day. Why, the person might release one album, two albums a year and say, oh, you know, see him out with his, with his, with his girlfriend. So it's, it's like, it's, it's, it's getting to a point where it's a cult. So I, I just yeah. don't, music's not, it's, it hasn't got the same, sort of hook and gravitas that it once had. Where music once was with that, they are now going to these other sort of spiritual and and, and moral. Or like influencers. Exactly. And, but I, that's the problem though, is because that's, that's easy. It's easy to join a cult. It's not easy to do real work with real therapy and, and, this and real coaching and counseling. That is again, fucking hard. But where's the model for it though? So, so where is, I look, therapy's great. 
ther- therapy is amazing. I <laughs> like strongly recommend it. If you dev- if you'd have said to me, Angel, I think you got some unresolved stuff and you might need to go to therapy. When when I was twenty one, I, I might have slapped you, um, and then I might have said, you know, y- you know, she was projecting all of her insecurities onto me. Um, the difference is, is that probably living away from. I didn't, I, you know, living as that kind of black face in a white space, which I was doing then and living away from a really a community like that. Um, I was able to be able to figure out stuff like that for myself. It's, as I say, it's so easy to go, all men ain't shit, but it's like, okay. But when they kind of get to a place when they are ready to listen, do we as a society offer them a way back? Because... I'm not sure that we are. And so that's when I think, I'm wondering if there is a point or a place where they are ready to make that change. They find a world that says, men ain't shit. And then they go, well, Kevin Samuels ain't saying that. Drake ain't saying that. Uh, Jordan Peterson ain't saying that. I think there are people out there, but again, I think most people will take the path of least resistance. Black out the box. What is black out of your box? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Pause. Pause. <laughs> oh. oh no. <laughs> oh no. The eye contact was so hard as well. <laughs> um. Oh. Uh, I, someone wheel up and shout out <laughs> 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 Oh my days, I'm oh, all right. I Are you all right? I'm going to go for a three, two, <laughs> and one. Has, has a podcast got HR? <laughs> 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 oh, I think it is actually me, so <laughs> I, we, yeah. we'll, we'll learn from this and uh, uh, <laughs> we'll move on without any kind yeah, of action. Where do we go? Where do we go from here? What in the world? What are you bigging up this pod? What are we bigging up? Yes, me. I'm going to big up. First of all, I'm going to big up some of the people in this room. I'm going to big up Dan for his killer. What was it that you ran? It was, was it a half or 10K in like the blink of an eye? <laughs> it's like a half. Felt like 10 though. So, but it was, it was like a half. Yeah. Okay. But like at the speed of light. So big up to you. Thank big you. up to, to Dom, who was just in Amsterdam. That was your first half marathon, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Very <laughs> nice. Very nice. Soot in light. Yeah. It's quite easy, isn't it? Soot in light. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, as a guy who was like so anti, you know, running. Well done. Well done. Thank you. My yeah. knees are still anti running. But uh, yeah, I appreciate it. It was good fun. Angelo, what do you want to big up? I'll big up your hair, your glorious fro, uh, your crown. Do you see? Do you see how I, I just got like make to look like a bitch? There. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> like Angela yeah. By the way, by the way, Angela I, I did an Iron Woman, de- setting PBs, gone to Amsterdam. You finally Angela, made the move to London. Do you know what that? No, do you know what that reminded me of? <laughs> uh, we uh, we had reviewers at the opening night of the last show that I did before I kind of took a hiatus, and um, I was back in the green room after the show. And I stick my head out, and this reviewer is like, it was a two-person show, and they're saying to my co-star, you were amazing, you have got such a bright future, <laughs> the way that you really embodied the characters, like giving, giving him this like PhD on why he was amazing. She, I'm like, let me sit my head around the corner, see if I can get some gloss too. She, and she saw me, she goes, and you've got a lovely face. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just 
stuck my head back in. I was like, maybe I should take up that job down south. Um, now I'm picking. I'm bigging up you guys. Um, you guys are genuine goals, and I think. Oh, what what did you do? Okay, well, I was gonna get to the, but I just wanted to before it felt weird. But I did my first Iron Man, Iron Woman. Iron Triathlon Golf Club. about three weeks ago. So yes, yes. Can yes, you explain yes. to those of us, which is everybody that doesn't know exactly how much distance is that yes. you're covering what that is? So the Ironman Triathlon, three disciplines. It starts with a 4K swim. For me, it was in the sea in Barcelona. Damn. Straight into... <laughs> had that affected. Damn. Uh, straight into a 180 kilometer or 112 mile bike. Damn. Straight into a marathon. Damn. Isn't that like from here to bombing up? That, it's that's, like... That, that's far, man. <laughs> I don't know where that is, but I'm sure it is. Yeah, Birmingham. it felt burning up. Uh, probably, probably. <laughs> it's so, basically yeah. dri- it's like drive to Canterbury and come back. Lord have mercy. So yeah, I'm very, very proud of myself. Um, I've been training for it all year and finally did it. And I'm so effing happy that I never have to do it again if I don't want How to. How can you run a marathon after oh, eight run. hours and 40 minutes of exercise? Run, run. It don't matter. <laughs> it don't matter. It was That's... like a shuffle. How destroyed are your feet right now? No, my feet are good. Honestly, the thing is like my stomach, I couldn't really eat after. And then, um, I don't know, my body was okay. But like, I I just was like on such a high, like adrenaline rush afterwards. Because it was like, I've never experienced highs and lows like that. And then Mm. like multiple of them. Because it was a 15 and a half hour effort. So I was able to go up and down, up and down. Like, but so happy I did it. And um yeah, I just wanted to like shout out some of the people that I did it for and also made it like who made it possible. So I trained with this group called 10 Iron Women and they're a London-based group that basically formed a few years ago just to get more women into triathlon and into Ironman specifically because they wanted to achieve a 50-50 uh, gender split. And the one that we did, so we went to all went to Barcelona and it was like only 13% women still, which I think was still up from previous years. But we had 64 women go over there and compete in this. And so much so that like other athletes were like, oh, are you part of this 10 Iron Women? We won like best club. It was really, really cool. So big up to them. Um, and then also some of the members of that have are in a, another group called Fund Her Try. And this group is really cool. Um, I think it was founded by uh, a black woman and probably some other people as well. But one of the women I know, she's a black woman. So want to support that for sure. But they basically help to fund women who want to start getting into triathlon. So just wanted to shout out them. Um, And then finally, I was doing all of this to help fundraise for two organizations that are supporting mental, um, black mental health. So that's Black Minds Matter UK, and then that's also the Black Mental Health Alliance in the US. So yeah, I was fundraising for that. Smash the goal, and we'll be able to donate that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. You're an inspiration, mate. Thanks, guys. Genuinely, thank you, genuinely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the support. <coughs> applause oof. icon at the bottom. Thanks. <laughs> 13% lucky for some. So, you yeah. know. They probably need to change the name of that event. Well, or just that thing. It's, yeah, it's been a conversation. There we go. It's yeah. been a conversation for sure. And there's no, you don't have to call it Iron Man. You could just call it the Iron Triathlon. Because exactly. it's a brand, it's a brand name. What's it's not like the name of the like distance. Pepsi. 
exactly. in triathlon. Yeah. Come on, marketer. I did get the, the tattoo back. though. Not giving you away. got a tattoo? Not giving I away did. for free. It's on, the, it's on the thigh. You'll see it in summer. What's your tattoo of? It's the Iron Man logo. So once you've done a full, like people can, like they often will get one on their calf or. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's like a little, it looks like a little Iron Man, but it's like a little M with the dot on the top. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Well done. You should be proud of yourself. I fucking I'm really, am. I'm very proud of you. I fucking am. And mm. I'm so happy I don't have to do it again. I was like, if I don't finish this, I know <laughs> myself and I know I'm going to have to do another one. So, yeah. yeah. Rate that. Big time. You mm. got to black out the box? Yeah, I run half marathon. And it was easy. <laughs> did, it, did, it, did it feel easy though did it feel good like do you yeah feel like you but the whole thing was it was psychological i thought it was going to be really hard so i was running within myself mm -hmm. then i got to like kilometer 15 and i was like i'm absolutely fine so I, okay. I say it's easy that's like i obviously trained enough i trained well i trained mm -hmm. relatively hard it's a huge difference from not being able to run a 5k in less than 30 minutes what probably about a year and a half ago yeah that's so amazing. it's a huge improvement um I was saying to Dan, I just wish I'd have gone a little bit harder right yeah. from the start rather than being a little bitch, which is what I was right at the <laughs> start. So. Well, you go for the next one. Absolutely. And I'm running Hackney Half next May. Nice. So we'll see. I'll see you there. We'll see what happens. Yes. Angelo? You going to join? Yes. Sorry, huh? <laughs> 128. <laughs> you on 128? Yeah, why not? Good. Why What's not? that? Do it. I'm going to do it the same time as Dan. I mean, I'm not going for 128 then. I am. Okay. Can, can, can I cycle it along with you guys? <laughs> You can walk it. I mean, I'll probably have to cycle some part of it if I'm going to do 128. <laughs> <laughs> the way, like, I, so Chris Boardman uh, once was describing, he's an Olympic cyclist, Tour de France, yellow jersey uh, wearer, and, like, he's probably our last good, credible cyclist, I would say. Um, <laughs> getting into trouble. Uh, Is Chris Froome not... Oh, Never mind. Wait, what? Have people been doing bad stuff? Mm. Oh, right. Move on. Okay. <laughs> Am I not going to say that name that I'm thinking of? No, look, we've got lots of great cyclists, and but Chris Boardman is 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 one of our, our best, one of the first uh, trailblazer, all that stuff. And he, he specialised in the hour. So it was just him against the clock, just one man and his machine. And he used to say, the thing with time trial is, you need to have to ask yourself the question, uh, can I keep this up for an hour? If the answer is yes, you're going too slowly. If the answer is no, you're going too fast. It should be, I'm not sure. Because that, you, that you're supposed to be like right on the, like that. On mm -hmm. the red line. And I think with, with, I don't know if you found this, like the, the race is almost the prize after all the stuff. Yeah. The training it is awful. Because when you get to the day, mm -hmm. You're going to do what you're going to do, mm -hmm. basically. 100%. And the hard stuff is all the stuff on your own and just being sticking to the regimented stuff. So I think that's the way I would always recommend people to look at it. It's like, you know, just end, like when you get to the day, give it everything and just enjoy the day. If, if like you blow up or something, you just that's just what's happened. That's, yeah. That is my only regret is not going as hard as I could have done right from the start because... I was in my head too much. I don't get like that with other sports. It's just, it was the first time doing it, which I guess is part of the experience. Give yourself some credit. I mean, that's the whole point is like, it's the first time you've done it. You don't know how much you're able to give. And I kind of felt like that even in my race, like I was like, I'm just going to show up and do, I think the pacing that I've practiced and like stay in this zone. 
Um, so that by the time I did get to the marathon part and when I really thought I didn't have any more to give, like thankfully I had some reserves so that I could actually make it across yeah. the finish line. Cause I was worried about not making the cutoff time at one point. What was the cutoff time? So the cutoff time was supposed to be 16 hours. Um, but each leg of the race had different cutoff times. Right. And so I did mine in about like 15 hours and 30 minutes, something like that. Um, but my watch had broke, so I couldn't actually like time myself. So I was like, I have no idea if they're going to tell me to stop at any point. So I'm literally just going to yeah. keep going until they tell me to stop. Mm. And then at one point, um, so it's like midnight at this point and I'm running and I'm on the, like, I've done like two and a half loops out of three loops of this run and I'm making my way back and I see a guy from the organization and I was like, do you have any idea like what time I'm on? Cause he's asking us what our numbers are and he's checking our times. And I was like, do you know what time I'm on? And he was like, I don't know, but that guy right in front of you, I'm being told is gonna be the last one they let cross the finish line. And he's like, so if you can get ahead of that guy, like you're, you might be okay. And I was like, fuck. And by that time I'm like, it was only like a hundred meters difference, but I was That's just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. And I was like, you know what? Just try. Just try. And then eventually I did pass that guy. And then I passed another person and passed another person, passed another person. And I just got into it. And it was like, I would run for like 10 steps or run for 20 steps, walk for 10, run for 20, walk for just like trying to focus on the numbers and focus on and keep going. And then by the time I saw the red carpet to the finish line, I was like, I'm going to be a fucking Iron Man. <laughs> like, I was just like, my mind was blown. That's my mind was blown. Yeah. Still on a high from it, still. Go on, big up yourself, man. Thanks, thanks. It's racing. Get yourself, get yourself going by any, by any means, by any means. Also, we have a scoop, having a kid. <laughs> what? Sorry? <laughs> this is exactly the response that you want on air. What? <laughs> Having a child, so thanks for your response, guys. <laughs> what's having hey, a what, child? What, what's I already knew. I'm having a child. No, you're not. Really? Yeah. Emma is. Yeah, you, well, you, I mean, you Emma's just... Oh, <laughs> I uh, legit yeah. thought you were fucking with me. So I thought this was like some shit transition to the outro. Congratulations, man. <laughs> is this real? This is real. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've pulled our legs so many times. I don't think I've ever done anything like this. But uh, no, no, but you've you've normally said something to lead it into something else. No, congrats. Can we focus on her face? Yeah. <laughs> She's not spoken for a minute. Yeah, I think we've got the still for the the YouTube. Guys. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm I had a feeling you were gonna do this. Yeah. I'm flummoxed. Wow! Just to drop this in to the, you know, you don't often get to just break. What? Done a Drake. Oh wow! <laughs> Broken my kid. Life it's on it's air. just because I told you I was gonna drop sixteen bars. <laughs> <laughs> you are hiding a child. You are hiding a child. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Mr. C. Oh my God! Wow. So yeah. Go on, son. Next year. Next um, year. It's look yeah. at you upstage in the wedding. Next year. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's still no picnic allowed at my wedding. I can't wait to do the birth chart for it. I'm so excited. Oh, God. Emma's Sorry. I love that one. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> you just can't.
I, I had no idea what was happening. I looked at you. We looked at each other. <laughs> I looked at you. The Dom was Dom looked real chill. I was like, Dom, what's going on? He's like, I already, I've, I've been new. I've been <laughs> you lean back. I low key thought this was yeah. like a UK thing that I just. I literally did like, not I get. Missed out on some <laughs> slang. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, kid. Hold tight, uh, Emma, baby mama. <laughs> Emma, if you're watching, don't let him buy shit like this anymore. This, <laughs> this is a waste of money. You have picnic and malt to feed us. This has None been. Of this. <laughs> she, yeah, she doesn't like it either. <laughs> this has been another Black in a Box. Thank you, Alana. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, big daddy. Thanks, Dad. Cheers. That was the most normal of them all. (laughs) We out.